Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. I'm sorry, Tuesday night flight. I done lost count of my days. I'm thinking it's Saturday. I'm good grief. But uh, it's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG. Uh, here for your listening pleasure on the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, whatever you want to call it. We got a lot to get into tonight. So, but I have to start tonight off on a uh, somber note. And a little bit of bad news came down today. Uh, former Washington football team uh, draft pick, former Hawaii Rainbow Warriors quarterback, record setting uh, quarterback, Colt Brennan has passed away. Now, most people, you know, would say he just had a footnote in uh he just had a footnote in um in 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 the nfl i say he had more than that because one thing i can say about him he gave me hope and he gave me damn good hope you know going into a season that i thought that you know it was possible he could be the bridging quarterback to probably a franchise and he was drafted by washington in 2008 after setting multiple records at hawaii uh second most touchdowns passing touchdowns in one season with 58 in 2006 um let me see university of hawaii june jones run and shoot offense uh racked up award after award at uh hawaii washington drafted him in the sixth round of 2008 uh, 10 quarterback selected. He signed a four-year deal. He comes out in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, impressive. Nine for 10, 123 yards, two touchdowns, a 157.5 passer rating, which Washington won. It was preseason. Then he comes back two weeks later, goes four or five, 79 yards against the Jets and threw a game-winning touchdown. I mean, he looked good. Him and Marcus Mason used to look absolutely wonderful in the uh <laughs> in the in the in the the preseason but it's like they never got the chance to go all in in the regular season so you go from that to um him winding up on injury reserve uh, in 2009, because of Tom hamstring and uh, hip injury, and we got Junie calling in. It's the man that's cool as ice, twice as nice, and they ain't never had a bad day in his damn life. Junie, hey, 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 what's the deal, fellas? What's going on, brother? Uh, I'm just, I'm sitting here going over. Uh, Colt Brennan's uh, time here in Washington. Uh, 2010 season, uh, the Redskins at the time traded for John Beck, and we all know how that turned out, how the, the the John Beck experiment turned out, which was absolutely terrible, and it made Colt Brennan expendable. So he was released. And I always, even to this day, I think that that was the worst thing Shanahan could have ever did because he had faith in a guy, John Beck, that you didn't even have any tape on. 
but you knew what Colt Brennan could do. You you knew what he was capable of because you watched him in college. You watched him in preseason. All you had to do was groom him, and he never got the chance. That's what I always felt about Colt Brennan. He never got the chance. So to say all of that, the uh, best thing I can say is, you know, I, I say rest in peace. And that's always been my guy because I always knew, even coming out of college, that he could have been a starter or at least a backup. But he just needed to be groomed. But it's not many details surrounding his death. But I do say uh, rest in peace to my guy, Colt Brennan. And uh, we're going to try to pick it up a little bit and stick with a little bit of positivity. And I'm glad you're here, Joni, because I want to hear what you got to say about this. Uh, last night, apparently Kent Bazemore had a, a, a lot to say. And he, he, he made a comment on Steph Curry and said 49 points in 29 minutes. That's unreal. We got guys hurting hamstrings to keep up. And that was a veiled shot at Bradley Beal. And Beal responded on Twitter with a clown gif, and then he added Bazemore directly. You don't know me or shit about me, bruh. You don't know why I go out there and play, and the damn show ain't for another man's approval. You sh- you a straight lame. But it don't surprise me coming from you, that's your type. That's what your type do. Then he added him again. He said, it's funny you say that because your man's admittedly check my numbers before the game, but I'm chasing. Shut your ass up. And when I first saw that, the first thing I said is, Bill ain't for the fuck shit. All he had to do was when he called him a lame, you a straight lame, Mo, on mothers. That was all the DC coming out right there. What did you think about that, Junie? Well, I agree with Bill. I thought all that was lame. Kent Bazemore, he don't even have a name right now. So he's trying to make a name for himself to get something started. Um... I kind of wish Bill didn't even feed into it, but I guess he's getting tired of this 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 bickery. So I guess he got tired of it. But um, I think Kent Bazemore trying to make a name for himself. You know, get his name out there for somehow. But I think Bill had a right. I wish he wouldn't have seen them, but I think he, he had the right to say something. I absolutely yeah. love that he said it. he said something. I absolutely love that. Because one thing you can't do, and I know we ride Bill pretty hard on this show because we know how good he is. And my thing is, before Russell Westbrook came here, John Wall was hurt. It was nobody last season, there was nobody on this team that could carry this team but Bill. And I always want I wanted Bill to be the Green Lantern. I wanted him to be uh Superman. I wanted him to be, you know, any hero you think that rides alone. I wanted him to be that hero. I wanted him to be Allen Iverson 2000, 2001 Allen Iverson. Where basically I'm gonna carry this team when I go out of this game Y'all keep the energy up and just keep the game close. I got everything else. That's what I always expected from Bill. But, you know, we don't get that all the time. But this season he has played absolutely, positively, amazingly. And 
I, I'm loving the way he's playing. I'm I'm kind of PO'd that he's out with the strained hamstring, but you got to rest that. Um, but his backcourt mate, his backcourt mate, Russell Westbrook. Oh, my goodness. They said it could never be done. A record that stood for 47 years. Most triple doubles by a player all time. Russell Westbrook. He passed the big O last night, which I was pretty damn glad to see. And a lot of people are saying he's so underappreciated. He's undervalued as a um, a point guard. But now, here's something that I, I, I seen last night. And, Junior, you tell me if you agree with it. Somebody said that Russell Westbrook is now in the top five all time of point guards. Do you agree with that? Yes, I agree. He's a bold man. Then give me your top five. I need to see who in, who in your top five. <laughs> I can't put them in order, but um, I gotta go with Dane Dash. Uh, okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You you mean all time? All time. Oh, through the history. Okay, I'm about to give you some. Uh. Oh my God, so many good ones. Let me see. Uh, the point. I gotta go with Jason Kidd. Oh, oh my God. Uh, Steph Curry, a point, right? Yes, sir, he is. He listed as one. No, I don't look at him. I'm Magic was Magic was the point. Oh my God. Uh so uh, let me stop directly quick ask you a question. You don't think he's uh top five of all time? No, sir. And Delonte chimed in. He said disagree top ten, but definitely not top five. I don't even have Russell Westbrook in my top ten. Is he a talent? Yes. Is he a future Hall of Famer? Yes. Top five point guard? No. Because I'm 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 gonna be honest with you. The the the, the position of point guard is is blurred so much these days. But if he's listed as a point guard, I'm not putting him over Magic Johnson. I'm not putting him over John Stockton. I'm not putting him over Jason Kidd. Some people say Chris Paul is top five. I think Chris Paul is top ten. But I don't think Chris Paul is top five. Now I'm, I'm not putting him I, over Isaiah I, Thomas. I agree with what you're saying, but that's something big what he did by beat, uh, getting that record. That's something yeah. big. None of those point guards, you name it, ever did that. Well, that's true. But see, the thing is, that's an individual record that he chased for the most part for the, the last four or five years. He he chased that. You know, the nights when he was in Oklahoma City and Stephen Adams had a rebound, he yelled out, I got it, I got it, just to get the rebound. Now, you can, you can get a triple-double every night. You can do it a whole season. He's done it. Average a triple-double the whole season. But has it translated into winning? Has it translated into uh, uh, championships? That's my thing because I'm not putting him over Isaiah Thomas. 
I'm not putting him over Magic Stockton or uh the big O. So that's my five right there. He's not even in that five. He, he I can go yeah. even more. I'm not putting him in the ten. You know, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I guess I'm going by what that record he just bought. I mean, just broke. So I do agree with what you're saying. And then I started saying Dame Dash. I started thinking about of 2021. So I'm when you said all all time. Yeah, you got Nate Archibald. You got so many that yeah, Westbrook is behind them guys. So I do agree. And the midnight rider chimed in. He said Chris Paul the last two years has put bad teams. Uh oh. Why is my mama calling me? Uh oh. The grocery run. My mama had to my mama called. But uh he said Chris Paul the last two years has put bad teams in the top five. I, I give you that with Chris Paul. He could be top 15, but I can't put him top 10. And then Delonte chimes in. Uh, Stockton Magic, J-Kid, Big O, Isaiah, CP3, Bubba Chuck, Fat Lover, Brody, and Steve Nash. I don't even have Steve Nash in my top 10. I think Steve Nash is overrated and overhyped. Steve Nash got two MVPs. And in all actuality, I only think he earned one of them. And Really and truly, they gave him the other one just because they didn't want to give it to uh, they didn't want to give it to um, 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 Shaq or Kobe because they were the MVPs though two two of the years that he won. But I, I can't. I, Steve Nash is overrated to me, and I'll always say that Nash is overrated. But um, <clears throat> uh, I can't. I, is he a talent? Yes, but I cannot put. Russell Westbrook in the top five all time among point guards. Can't do it. Can't do it. So, uh, moving down the line. Oh, and the Midnight Riders said, okay, San Phoenix for that's two bad teams that uh, Chris Paul put in the top five. I'll give you that. <laughs> he says, "Fat lover, come on, Iverson a two. Now, if you want to be technical, Iverson was listed as a one, and he he played as a two. But I'll, I'll give you that. But he was still a point guard. He was a natural point guard, yeah. And then he, Delonte said, AI was a natural point guard, but I replaced him with Nate Archibald. I can't, I cannot put Brody in the top five. What did Eric Snow play? Eric Snow was supposed to be a two, but uh, Eric Snow wound up playing a one. He played the one in Philly. Eric Snow, I put Gary Payton before Eric Snow. And yeah, and Gary Payton is another another point guard I'll put ahead of um uh uh, uh I'll put ahead of Brody. Gar- Gary Payton. Um, I said Stockton. Who else do oh, I got? No, oh my God! I mean, I, I I got I got my favorites, and actuality. Now this is going this is going uh this is going to start some trouble. I put Dennis Johnson ahead of Brody because Dennis Johnson brought something different to the floor. He could score, but chose not to and chose to play defense. Most of these youngins don't know about Dennis Johnson when he was with the Sonics in the seventies. He was a baller. When he went to Boston. He became a defensive specialist. So they don't know about DJ. DJ was that dude. So 
I got I got guys ahead of him, but I'm not disrespecting Brody in no way, shape, or form. I think that's an honor that's um too early to bestow on him as top five. So, but hey, we gotta keep that, we're gonna keep that conversation going for the next couple of days. And uh Delonte and the Midnight Rider are going at it in the comments here. Eric Snow was the one in Philly, he was. When he was healthy, he was the one. Uh Aaron McKee was the other one that would come. It was a, both of them were two guards, but they had to play the one because of Iverson. So, and, and Delonte, you right? Fat Lever used to eat on the court. He was dangerous. Him, uh, Sleepy Floyd. Uh, you, we can we can sit here and name point guards all day long that that was just killers on the floor. Uh, but I, I just I can't bestow that honor um, upon one Russell Westbrook. Not this early. Not yet, not yet. But we're gonna switch it, and we're gonna go uh, to the football side of things. And Tim Tebow to the Jags. Tim Tebow to the Jags as a tight end, six foot three, um, two hundred forty-five pounds. Tim Tebow, Timothy Tebow, who has not been on a roster since 2015 when he played with the Eagles in the preseason. Uh, Last time he played in the NFL was 2012 with the New York Jets. And he has signed a one-year deal with the Jags to play tight end. And a lot of people are upset about this. I'm going to start with you, Junie. How you feel about Tim Tebow getting the opportunity to play tight end Hey, yo, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, I like it. I like the fact his old college coach thought about him and called him up. I like it, man. Uh, Tim Tebow is an awesome, a one hell of an athlete. Big, he's bigger than most running backs. Uh, he's an awesome player, man. I like Tim Tebow. I think he ain't going to be like the number one man, number one go-to man in, in Jacksonville, but I think I think it's an awesome job that the coach thought about him and called him up. You, you know what? I'm, I'm happy, but I'm angry at the same time. And I'm angry for two reasons. Colin Kaepernick. Well, that's one. But I'm happy that he's getting another chance. I'm angry that he's getting a chance at, at, at tight end. I don't care. And I, I got to shout out my cousin Robert for this because we, we talked about 12, 15, 12, 30 this morning on Facebook and we were talking about Tebow. He was like, Tebow's mechanics were bad as a quarterback. He wasn't all that great. I said, you can teach those things. Tebow was fine until they started messing with him at the combine about his mechanics. And then all of a sudden he went his arm, you know, strong arm, but you know, he, he had a wide windup. They wanted to make it tighter. Leave people alone. Sometimes, sometimes whatever works for them and gets them by, leave them alone. He was a quarterback that should have been left alone and just groomed from what he could do. Now, and I, Delonte, you listening. The last time Delonte, uh, uh, Delonte's Broncos won a playoff game, who was their quarterback? And who did they beat? The Steelers. First but I take that back. First I take that back. Game. Because they won, they, they went to the Super Bowl twice with Manning. But um, the last quarterback they drafted, I'm sorry, the last quarterback they drafted that won a playoff game is, is the stat. That, that's the correct stat. 
And the last hey, quarterback hey, they drafted was hey, can you the, how tall is Tim Tebow? Six three. Oh wow, okay. Little undersized for the tight end position. And we got the midnight rider calling in. To the midnight rider, you are live on the hair. Yo, you are not making a case for Tim Tebow. And let me finish. You, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, please go ahead. Tim Tebow never really got a chance to quarterback because after he had that that playoff run with the Broncos, they brought in Peyton Manning, and they immediately let him go. Instead of having him sit behind Peyton Manning, learn how to play the game, and learn the league from a veteran like Peyton Manning, they let him go. He bounced around. The Jets was talking about having him as the the highest-paid punt protector and this, that, and the other. Okay, look at Taysom Hill and tell me you're not seeing Tim Tebow vibes. Tim Tebow couldn't do those things seven, eight years ago. Nobody could figure out what to do with Tim Tebow. Are you serious? Well, the he league wasn't at that point. But they did it with Cordell so, Stewart so years before. Right. So, so Cordell Stewart was a one-off. You're acting like Tim Tebow was an elite athlete. No, in terms of speed, but he no, never no, got a out, chance. He doesn't deserve a chance. He was trash. <laughs> that if you look at that, yo, if you look at that run that year, the Broncos made into the playoffs. It is like six of the worst quarterback football games I've ever seen in my life. Because they couldn't pass the ball. He can't throw. So, so the, the main part of being a quarterback is throwing the football. He so what can't you're telling do me, it. What you're telling me is knowing that he has a weakness. The duty of that's a not coach, a weakness. That's, what is that's it if it's ter- not a weakness? Terrible. <laughs> no, if you're a quarterback and throwing's your weakness, that's something you shouldn't be doing. Playing quarterback. We we, we talk about this all the time here. When you Unless, have, the only way Tim Tebow's a good quarterback or should be starting is if Mama Tebow's the head coach. When you have a quarterback, it is your job as a coach to find out what his weakness is and cover it up so nobody can see it. So here if that's, you go, the case, B. Mitch. <laughs> that's the case, here you go, B. Mitch. <laughs> you, 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 the court, they didn't do their job, but that's just the first. No, no, part. no. See, sometimes there's artists can, that can mold things out of clay, and then sometimes where they just take the paper they trying to make art on, ball up and throw it in the trash, and that's what you should have done with Tebow, ball up and throw <laughs> in the trash. It's, it's okay. Tim Tebow and Jeremy Lin. The two, they were like in the same window, and they were both terrible, but everybody loved them because they were likable guys. <laughs> like, one of the games that Tebow wins is he's like 6 for 22 against Miami, and then all of a sudden they get like a fluke play, and then all of a sudden they go down and score two touchdowns because somehow Miami can't score on that great defense that they had, and they win the ball game. The other game they're playing Chicago, and all Chicago, all Cedric Benson has to do is fall in bounds. The game is over. Somehow he slides out of bounds. They go down and get whatever the field goal is, taking overtime, win the ball game. Um, like that run had the. It's almost like the Todd Collins run, where like the most impossible things that you would never expect to happen happened during that run. And, and, like, that's what made it magical. It wasn't Tim Tebow. It was just they got every break. You're a Notre Dame fan. The year that they went 13-1 and one with um, 
with Battle as their quarterback in Ty Willingham's first year. It's a similar situation. Like, they got every break that you could get. 2012 RG3 is almost similar to that and to some extent, not completely. So let me hold myself there. Where they got a lot of breaks that year that you wouldn't normally get. So it's just one of those things where I think Tebow was just in the right spot at the right time. But Tim Tebow is doing the right thing. He should be calling college football on Fox Sports. Um, He should be in Jacksonville right now because Urban Mind needs somebody to at least, like, translate what he's saying to these guys. So I get that piece. And then anybody comparing it to Kaepernick, that's a joke because, um, A, Kaepernick just – I don't know. I'm not even going to go there. So I'm going to let you have your fun. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. No, no, hold on. I don't want you to go nowhere because that's my other thing that I'm mad about. Everybody and I, I, I said it last night. I said the thing is everybody talks about Colin Kaepernick. Oh, he was a bum quarter, and I, I follow a lot of different pages. You know, Black Adam Schefter. Uh, um, what is the other one? I forget the other one. White Stephen A. Smith. White Stephen A. Yeah, I follow those pages, and I just go. I don't even look too much at the posts. I go in line look at the comments when they talk about uh. Colin Kaepernick, and I, I, they always say, well, Kaepernick was such a bum, and he couldn't do this, and he couldn't do that, but I'm like, okay, in 2012, he didn't start every game. He started seven games. They went to the Super Bowl. 2013, he started every game. They went to the NFC Championship game, and then you go 2014, he started every game, and 60% completion percentage, 3,369 yards, 19 touchdowns over 10 interceptions. 84.6, I mean, 86.4 rating. 2015, he started eight games out of nine. Remember, he was injured. He threw for 1,600 yards. Six touchdowns um, um, and five interceptions. The final year of his career was 2016, which everybody said he was such a shit quarterback, is what they said. Out of 11 starts in 12 games. 2241 passing yards, 59.2 percent completion, 16 touchdowns over four interceptions, a 90.7 QBR. But you're telling me he was a shit quarterback. I don't ever want to hear anybody say that because the thing is, you got to realize when Jim Harbaugh left San Francisco and Tom Sula took over, Tom Sula was not the guy for that job. He screwed that whole entire team. Then Chip Kelly took over. Or was it the other way around? But either way, those are the two coaches that were not for San Francisco. He was willing to continue to run the read option. What RG3 didn't want to do because the threat of the run out of that play action made you more dangerous. Everybody say it's just a gimmick thing. But if you have a big quarterback that can run it and that can complete passes down the field, it will work. You just got to give it time, and you got to add other wrinkles in. You can't just say, well, we're going to run read option 100% of the time. You could run it 40% of the time and win games because they're going to be scared that this guy's going to run. Anybody that brings up that argument about Kaepernick being a shit quarterback, that's why he don't have a job, you're lying to yourself because you're not looking at the stats. We've done it here. We've done the tag on the math. Come on, please don't argue with me, Ton. I've done the math. Some niggas can't cross bridges and some niggas can't smack a hoe. I know that daggone Kaepernick is better than 65% of the starting quarterbacks in the league. 
So yeah, I don't want to hear that argument. Outside of, no, here's where you're forgetting. All right, so there's a great saying that the juice ain't worth the squeeze. And when you got a guy that's going to give you, um, I think one of his stats, you gave him 16 games and 19 touchdowns, that's terrible. Like, as a quarterback, that's terrible, especially in a passing league. You said he had 59.1 passing percentage one year. That's terrible. Like, right now, no one in the league is – no starting quarterback is under 60%. And if it is, it's like um, one of the guys that's holding on to a clipboard and comes in in certain situations. So, Ka- Kaepernick becomes an interesting um, situation because – my personal belief is um, his play was okay, but it wasn't good enough to deal with the the extra attention every day. And I can name you five quarterbacks right now off the top of my head that are in the league that aren't better than Kaepernick or don't give you a better opportunity, but they are in the league because when you put them as your backup quarterback, nobody knows who they are. And when they, if they come into a game, um, no one expects anything from them. So, so like the NFL is the king of, if you have a backup quarterback and no one knows his name, then it's perfect. So this is how guys like Jeff Driscoll, this is how uh, Tyler Haneke, Kyle Allen, uh, some of these guys get opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the only black backup quarterback in the league is Geno Smith that I can think of off the top of my head. And I could be wrong, but, like, the this is one of the biggest arguments I've always had about NFL teams and NFL football is they will never invest in a black quarterback outside of him being a starter. So if he starts, great. But if he, he won't be your backup. You'll find some other guy. And it's always crazy because three of the worst quarterbacks I think I've ever seen in my life, Matt Sims, Jeff Driscoll, and um, dang, I I just lost the third guy. Um, But it's another um, Florida cat. But they're in the league. They're playing, and they shouldn't be. But because somebody believes in their arm talent, somebody believes in this, you know, they're there. So – I, I mean, that's where I think the Tim Tebow situation – I mean, not Tim Tebow, but the Kaepernick situation gets dicey is because really what they want somebody to do is just come in, hold a clipboard, and not be seen. And the only time you see the back of the, the name on the back of their jersey is when they're signaling in plays. What's the dude in Dallas, um, number seven, that played last year against the Redskins or the football team? Like, there's no way that dude should be in the league over Kaepernick. But, again, it's, it's about – the situation. Okay. Junior, you kind of I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I believe that, but that's the, the facts. Well, it's the good old boy league. But- yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Hey, Junior, normally we, we kind of slide with that. I know you loaded and you ready to go on this. I know you. You just here so you don't get fined. <laughs> you already know why I'm here, so I won't get fined. But you know, I, I, I've had this argument so many times about Kaepernick. 
and you know his skill set, his uh, his career. Period. I said the thing is, everybody's always mad because of his silent protest, and you because the media took it wrong. Then you took what the media said instead of finding out what the deal was, what was behind the protest. You never tried. You 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 felt whatever Donald Trump said was good. Get the son of bitch son of a bitch off the field. But those same son of a bitches that was calling for him to get off the field, the same ones that stormed the Capitol on June sixth on January sixth. Can I interject? Go ahead. So I uh, I hear what you're saying, and I think. The problem was, and this is where I have my biggest problem with Cap, is he allowed 24 to 28-year-old white males to bring perspective to a point that he was in charge of. And I thought if he talked more, he would have been able to save some of the agenda. So I, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio all the time. And I heard a lot of guys on the radio trying to explain what Kaepernick's point was, but they had no clue. And I know guys like you and, you know, guys like Crank and all these other guys that call into 106.7 and 980, you know, you guys try to bring light to the point. But the problem is the messenger isn't the callers. The messenger is the guy on the radio dial. So whether it's a guy like Kevin Sheehan, whether it's a guy like um, Anthony Lima in Cleveland, whether it's um, the guy up in Philly, you know, all these other guys are creating the narrative of something that they can't even speak to because they're not the right color and they never walked in those shoes. And my biggest complaint about the whole Kaepernick situation has always been that Kaepernick never gave it a voice beyond his, beyond his kneeling. So he never spoke to it to a point where he would go on a radio show and say, this is why in that way they didn't have to guess. If that you want to know something, to you. it does. What? But you, you also got to look at it this way. And it, it goes into another uh, 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 topic and, and the same thing. Look what happens when you have athletes that do speak up, that do have press conferences, and they speak up and say this is the mission. They're universally hated for speaking up, i.e. LeBron James. Every time LeBron opens his mouth, people, their panties get in a bunch. Well, why are you talking about something like that? You're a, million, a millionaire. That don't affect you anymore. You live behind gates. That's what they say. So even if he would have, you know, I'm not taking up for him. I get what you're saying. But even if he would have spoken up and he would have went on a TV tour, he would have went on a radio tour around the country during the offseason. They called the car wash. They they still if he had done it, they still would have been crucified. But it gives it so so I'm not arguing the point of the, if he did it, how they would receive it. What I'm what I'm trying to express is he controls the narrative of how it's perceived by talking. So you don't have somebody else assuming because if you listen to the radio, whenever the host, because most of them are white, 
were getting to the point of trying to discuss Kaepernick, they danced around the topic the whole time. So they never gave it its full voice. It's like it's like you know what I would almost compare it to someone saying, um, "What's the dude that does puppets?" I forgot what the title is, but um, it's like a puppeteer using it, like moving his mouth while he's talking, while he's doing the voice of the puppet, like that creates or that takes away from the mystique of you being a puppeteer. Like you're supposed to be able to talk, you know what I'm saying, without your lips moving, whatever that's called. And it's a better term than puppeteer. Ventriloquist. There we go. So, so, so there's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like Kaepernick could at least given them the voice and then they wouldn't have been so reluctant to jump onto the cause because you heard a lot of guys dancing around the topic. Like, even when they tried to make it a call topic, they didn't have a basis. And then you take the other part of our society that doesn't, you know, either they've never interacted with one of us, they live in a place where none of us exist, and then they're trying to make a point on something that we're going through, like, you can't do that. And that's the only thing, like, again, my my biggest complaint has always been, it's never been about his talent. It's never been about anything that he's tried to do. It's always been about him allowing them to write his story. You can't write my story if I don't give you the pen. That's true. That's true. Now, we're going to stick on BLM and, and, and protests, and we're going to move on to the next topic, our final topic. Uh, BLM clothing, apparel, and protests are banned at the Tokyo Olympics. Social media went crazy. I got to go and defer to my man, Junie. First off, Junie, what you think about them banning BLM apparel at the Olympics? Oh, where, where do I start, man? It's just always something. Um, uh, first of all, I want to know why. I mean, I guess they feel like that's, I, I don't know. I, I'm speechless, man. When I first read that, KF, KG, I, I, I was speechless, man. I couldn't, my mouth open. I don't know, man. That's touch. I just can't believe it, first of all. Midnight Rider? I mean, I expected it. I mean, I don't I don't know what we expected, if we expected anything different. You're talking about a communist country that controls the voice of its people and of anybody that's in its country. Like, there's a reason LeBron James got in trouble two years ago or a year and a half ago for the things he said about China. Like, this isn't, like, you're, we're not going into, we're not holding the Olympics in a free speech country. We're holding the Olympics in a country that controls the narrative on everything. They've literally killed people in the, the square of their country 
because they had an opinion opposite of the communist rulers. Like, I don't know. Sometimes, like, I always go back to the great saying by Martin Luther King, like, you know, sometimes it's better to know um, how does he say? I don't, I'm not going to paraphrase it because I'm not going to say it right. But he basically talks about how he likes being in the South because you know the people in the South are going to call you a nigga to your face and not say it behind your back. But the people in the North will, will call you and say they with you, but then all of a sudden, the second you turn your back, it's nigga this, nigga that, nigga this. And excuse my language, but that's the only way I can express that saying. So, like, I, I truly believe that, like, China's just letting you know, this is who we are. You got to deal with it. And, and this is going to be a situation where I think we get to see what kind of stance our athletes are going to take. Now, here's something that I found in my reading. It's a rule, an Olympic rule. It's called Rule 50. Protests and demonstrations are banned at all the Olympic, Olympic venues, including on the field of play in the Olympic Village, during Olympic medal ceremonies, and during the opening, closing, and other official ceremonies. So it's a rule. It's a rule. And they said they... they, they, they that rule ratified. Exactly. But because they 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 wanted to lift the ban, and they did. The IOC said they did a survey of thirty five hundred athletes over the past year, and seventy percent said it was not appropriate to demonstrate or express their views on the field of play at the opening or closing ceremonies or anywhere in between. I understand it's a rule, and times are changing. You have one of the biggest stages, and it's crazy because. You know, I can hear BJ now saying this is our damn show. We say we want. And the thing is, I guarantee you, if Black Lives Matter wasn't, you know, a thing this year, it wasn't a thing the last 12 years. And Stop Asian Hate was the only thing. It would be no problem showing that, though. You could say that. And it just seems like whenever people see BLM, they get offended, but you don't get offended by KKK. You know, that's a, a, a Christian organization. You know, they burn crosses because, you know, quote unquote, to light the, the, the light of God. So that's OK. But see. You, you, you say no BLM apparel and it didn't say no protest. apparel. It's like it, it this uh, every article I found, it said it's banning BLM apparel. It didn't say anything about any other protest. It just said BLM apparel. Signs, gestures, anything, kneeling before the anthem, anything. Now, I'm not sure what the divide is for races of athletes going to the Olympics. But track and field is dominated by black people, whether they from... America, they from Africa, they from Cuba, it doesn't matter. It's dominated by black people. Gymnastics dominated by black people. Basketball dominated by black people. So you're you you're it's a lot of black people represented at these games. And that's how you feel. But I bet you can sport the hell out of a MAGA hit. Oh yes, of course. Of course you could. 
but that don't. Oh, what? That's just a a, 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 a hat. You know, it's not. It's not a protest. It, it'll be something. But I, the, when I first seen this, the first thing I thought of is as a black athlete, I wouldn't want to go to the Olympics, and it may be my windows closing. But I wouldn't want to go as a sponsor. I wouldn't want my name on these Olympics. And they're trying to get everybody back interested in the Olympics. I wouldn't want my name on these Olympics. I wouldn't want anything to do with these Olympics. And one thing you have to realize, and I tell a lot of people this, you want to hurt somebody. I don't believe in, in, in you know, oh, I'm going to do a sit and I'm going to march. No, I'm going to take my money and spend it elsewhere. I'm going to hit you in your pocket. I'm going to hit your bottom line. And if enough of us get together and hit that bottom line, things will start changing. Don't spend your money when you're not wanted. I tell my daughter, I got an eight-year-old daughter, and I tell her all the time, don't beg nobody to go somewhere if you weren't invited. And apparently, my culture's not invited to the Olympics, so I'm not going to beg to go. That's how I took that. That was great advice. Great advice. I just, I, I'm with you two gentlemen. Am I shocked by it? No. But it just seems like it's, 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 it's blatant. We got to push it to not having BLM here. We don't want anything to do with BLM. No, no, we're not going to do it. it, it and that's what it seems like. But I... so, so I think the question becomes, I mean, honestly, um, I didn't expect anything less, to be honest with you. Um, I'm just glad they brought the statement out. And I really think this is the moment where these athletes have to decide. Is it going to be some 1980, we're going to boycott this? Or are we going to take it on the chin and and appease those that are in power and play by the rules? So I, I wouldn't mind seeing our athletes and when I say our, I'm talking about African-American athletes, decide to take their ball and go home and say, you know what? Since we can't express ourselves, we don't want to be here. And I alluded to, when I was asking you, when was that rule ratified? I was trying to go back to when the brothers in the 60s um, had their fist up on the Olympic stands and were stripped of their medals. You know, like... I was trying to figure out if that was a thing prior to that or if it was something that came in lieu of that situation. So that's the only reason I brought that up. But, yeah, I think this is a situation where we got to figure it out. And I would love to see these brothers take a stand because if they really about Black Lives Matter, then they'll take a stand. But we also got to remember that the NBA are bad fellows with China because that's one of their biggest markets. So all these NBA guys that so-called want to be Black Lives Matter going to really dance with the devil in the pale moonlight on this. I, I'm, I'm looking it up, and I can't even find a year that this was created, um, to be quite honest. I'm, I'm getting a lot of no, different it's articles. All good. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, it's just a, just a question of it's more of a thing to make you go, hmm, than anything else. Lady C chimed in. She says Rule 50 was in place before the Olympics 
made a stain. Okay. So it's been around exactly. for quite some time. Can we give Lady C a shout out? Because she's been on point tonight. Uh, she, in the 60s. Uh, yeah, she always on point. That's my best friend. Go best friend. That's my best friend. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there now because uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to put it on the spot. In about a month and a half, she's going to be on live with us. Live and in living color and in person. So now you can't back out. So with that being said, gentlemen, you got any closing thoughts? I'm good. Go Tim Tebow. <laughs> Indeed, go Tim Tebow. And then tomorrow, of course, we're coming back with uh we're coming back with uh DC Sports Rundown. Yeah, that's gonna be on Instagram, uh Instagram Live. So we'll we'll be on with that. Uh talk a little bit about RFK Stadium because pretty soon, probably around this time next year, she will be no more. Um, talk about uh, the Wizards and their chance at doing some some damage in the playoffs. Talk about the Caps. We got a lot of DC stuff to talk about tomorrow. So until then, hold on, bro. Before you go, I know you about to do your sign off. I apologize, but your boy D Rise talking about salute to Fat Rock, <laughs> Fat Lever. Yo, I have no hate for Fat. I am probably. If, if he's number one, I'm probably number five in the Fat Lever fan club. I just don't think he's a top five NBA guard of all time. That's all. Hey, one more thing. I do want to say welcome back to LeBron James tonight versus the uh, New York Knicks. Hopefully the Knicks cover the plus two. Yeah, well, uh, nah, I need I need the the the, uh, the Lakers to do something. But – uh. I, I need LeBron to, to get his man, but I think Le- you're gonna see a different LeBron at AD once the playoffs start. So, but oh, exactly. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do your thing, fellas. This is the end of the night. As Don Meredith used to say, "Turn off the lights. This party's over." <laughs> but uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Lady C, the man of the hour, Delante for chiming in in the text window. The man that's cool as ice and twice as nice. Ain't never had a bad day in his damn life. Junie, appreciate My you man. coming through. I, I, yeah. I miss you, brother. I ain't going to gonna lie to you. We be talking about 90s basketball, man. That You know, that's our thing. My man. The Midnight Rider doing his thing as usual, coming through and setting the scene straight. I appreciate everybody. So until the next time, we don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace.